Hey, welcome to the Thursday Night Bible Study. My name is Clarence Haynes, and on behalf of my wife and everyone here at the Bible Study Club, we want to say thank you for joining us and thank you for being a part of the Bible Study Club. Now, if you have not done so yet, please make sure you subscribe to our Facebook page. Also, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And the reason why we want you to do that is this way you can stay up to date with everything that is happening in the club. As you know, we are currently, uh, over the last few weeks, have been doing what we have called the Obedient Series, and we are actually in the final part of that series. And one of the things we've highlighted throughout this is that obedience is the most important element of your walk with God. And tonight we're going to look at what's called the heart of obedience and that's what we're going to do but before we jump in just to remind you of a couple of things first of all we meet here every thursday at 8 p.m so you can mark your calendar uh, set it in your calendar put the reminders there to make sure you're joining us uh, thursdays at 8 p.m also we have three goals or desires or missions if you will with the bible study club uh, the first one is to get you to open God's Word. Uh, the second is to get you to discover the truth that's in God's Word. And then we want to help you apply that truth to your life because it's in the application of God's Word. That's where the transformation happens. And so we are big on application of God's Word because applying it is what matters most. That is what helps you move forward in your journey with Christ. And that is exactly what we're trying to do here today. Now, I want to encourage you, we continually get emails and questions and comments and prayer requests. Keep sending those in to hello at thebiblestudyclub.com. I always try to answer every single one. Now, I might not get to you the same day, uh, but I do try to respond to every single email. So please keep sending those in. Um, before we dive into our session, however, I do want to give you a little bit of a preview of what's going to happen next week because this is our last session in the Obedience series. Throughout the course of this series, we have actually gotten uh, letters and, and questions that have been sent in. And so what we're going to do next week is we're going to actually take the time to answer those questions while we're on air. So we're gonna do that uh, in our session next week. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. If you have any questions related to this series, any part of obedience, whether it's obedience or the struggle or the necessity or whatever part it is, the blessing of obedience, regardless, send those directly to me. Uh, send them to hello at thebiblestudyclub.com. We've already gotten a few and we want more because we're gonna take next week's time to answer questions on the air. So uh, send those in and we'll hopefully, if you send them all in, we'll we'll see how many we get to. Um, and uh, who knows, maybe one of your questions will be the ones that we'll be able to answer live on air. So make sure you send those in. All right, so let's pray. And then after we pray, we're going to jump into our session tonight. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask God that tonight that the truth and reality of your word would just spring alive in the hearts of your people. Let it just come alive to them with great revelation that comes by your Holy Spirit, as only you're able to do. And I thank you for it in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. Now, as I told you before, the 
title of our session this week is the heart of obedience and here's what we're going to do tonight so first off i'm going to kind of recap a little bit and i want to share some thoughts on obedience and then i'm going to close out the series by answering this question how do you cultivate a heart of obedience so i want you to make sure you stay with me all the way through the end because i think uh answering that question is going to put a nice bow if you will and kind of tie this whole series together so make sure you stay with me through the end i'm also now going to share a few thoughts about obedience this is going to kind of help us recap and also reflect on some of the things we've talked about and it's going to kind of position us to talk about the cultivating that heart of obedience and by the way as i go through these feel free to, to drop comments um whether you're watching on youtube or on facebook and uh, we love to see those comments that pop in there so here's here's the first thought and this is going to help again help us recap and reflect but the first thing about obedience is this these are just uh, thoughts no particular order uh you will never be all that god wants you to be or receive all that God has for you until you learn to obey. You see, this is the critical understanding of obedience. Everything, I want you to get this, everything that God wants to do in your life, everything that God has for you, every position that God wants to bring you to, the person that God wants you to become as he molds you and shapes you into the image of Christ, all of that is tied your obedience so you're never going to reach the place god wants you to reach or you're never going to become the person god wants you to become until you learn to obey yes folks obedience is that important and i want you to remember that okay the issue with disobedience and here's what happens and this is why disobedience is is a problem or or, or an issue is because here's how it shows up it shows up in wasted time it shows up in wasted effort, and it shows up in wasted years. That is the result of disobedience. I uh, had the privilege of of uh, having some spending some time with my family recently, and I was having a conversation with my brother-in-law, and we were talking about this and how disobedience and and the amount of time and energy and effort and waste you spend running after things that have nothing to do with the plan of God for your life or nothing to do with the path or that he wants for you. And so it shows up in wasted time and effort and years. But here's what I want you to do today. And I need you to do this. Stop beating yourself up over the mistakes of yesterday. Stop beating yourself up over the mistakes of yesterday. Here's a, here's a reality. There is nothing you can do to ever change what has happened yesterday. So stop beating yourself up. Instead, here's what I want you to do. Repent and move forward. Repent and move forward. And I have a fantastic promise for you. So if you have fallen into disobedience, here is an awesome promise. If you have wasted time, wasted effort, and wasted years. The book of Joel, chapter 2, starting at verse number 12. Listen to what the Lord says. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. By the way, this is the repenting 
process, okay? So if you've made mistakes, here's what I want you to do. Repent. Verse 13, rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. So here's the, the beautiful promise. If you've fallen into disobedience and you've had wasted time and years and effort, understand that God is gracious and compassionate. Stop lamenting over the mistakes of yesterday. Repent and start moving forward because there's a gracious and compassionate God ready to move you forward. Now here's the beautiful promise for all of you who might have wasted years or time or effort, and you're remorseful over it. Here's what God says. This is verse uh, number 25. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts and the young locusts, the other locusts and the locust swarm, my great army that I sent among you. God says, I will repay you. Another translation says, I will restore the years. See, here's the wonderful thing about our gracious and compassionate and merciful God that even if you have wasted time and effort and years, God can restore the years that you've wasted because that's how awesome and wonderful he is. So stop lamenting over the mistakes of yesterday. Repent and move forward and begin to obey God where you are right now and watch God begin to restore the years that you have wasted. So don't lament. You don't have to do that anymore. Remember early on we said that there is no condemnation. We talked about that in the struggle of obedience. So if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. But there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So repent, move forward, and watch God restore. Now here's the beautiful thing. After he, re after he restores the years, this is verse 28. He says, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. So here's what God is promising you, to you who may have wasted years. He will renew you once you repent. He will restore the years that have been wasted and he will refill you with his spirit so that now you can walk forward in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to accomplish what he has for you and the purpose that he has for you. That, folks, is reason to rejoice. You should be shouting and dancing right now over that because I am. <laughs> it's awesome. So if you have wasted years, it's not the end of the world. It's not over. God can restore even the wasted years. Rejoice over that today. And by the way, I was thinking about this. When God refills, you know, when you go to the restaurant uh, nowadays, most of the time restaurants, you get unlimited refills on the drinks, right? So all you have to do is say, hey, I need some more. And the waiter will come back and give you more. Guess what? You can get unlimited refills of the spirit of God. All you got to do is go back to God and say, God, I need more. And guess what he'll do? He'll give you more. And if you feel like you're running out, he'll say, go back and he'll give you more. You can keep getting refilled over and over and over again, as much as you need to be and accomplish what God has for you in your life. That is an awesome thing. He will refill. All right. Amen? Good. <laughs> All right. A uh, couple other thoughts. Um, and we're getting to, remember, the question we're answering is cultivating the heart of obedience. Uh, knowing God's word and obeying God's word are two different things. I think you need to understand that. James says, do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. 
do what it says. So as we've been going through this series, hopefully you've been paying attention and listening to God's word, but it doesn't matter unless you obey it. Okay, so make sure you are obeying God's word. If you only hear God's word and you don't obey, you are deceiving yourself. All right, so these are just some thoughts on obedience. Here's another one. Um, First John chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Let me just read this to you. It says, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Aha. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. So here's the truth, folks. If you say you know God, but you don't follow him or obey him, the Bible calls you a liar. And by the words, those are God's words, not mine. So don't go running around saying, I'm calling you a liar. I'm not. But if you're going to hear God's word and follow him, you can't say you love God and not, or know God and not follow what he tells you to do. Um... Here's another one. Obedience shows you that God shows God rather. Obedience shows God that you trust him and also that he can trust you. And I think that's important. Uh, If you look at 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse number 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord reign throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You see, so what God is looking for, God is looking through the earth. Think about this. Looking for people who are saying, yes, God, I'm one. I'm willing to obey. Are you one of those people that are saying, yes, God, I am fully committed to you. I am running after you with everything. If you're one of those people, God is looking for you and he will strengthen you to be what he wants you to be. All right. So this again, some random thoughts. Here's a here's another one. Remember, we're working our way down to how to ant- how to cultivate the heart of obedience. Um, obedience doesn't always make sense, but that's no excuse for disobeying. If you want a reference of where, where this thought comes from, uh, look in, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 5. When you look there, what you're going to see is the story when Jesus asks Peter to uh, launch out into the deep because we're going fishing. He had just preached from his boat and he said, we're going fishing. And Peter was like, hey, you know what? I don't want to do that because I've been fishing all night and I didn't catch anything and I'm tired. I want to go home. And he, the act of him obeying didn't really make sense to Peter. But guess what? He did it anyway. He said, Lord, if you say so, we'll go. And so sometimes the thing God is asking you to do may not make any sense. However, that's not an excuse for not doing it. So be like Peter. Hey, Lord, you know what? I don't really know why you're asking me to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay? So you'll see that in Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. So again, obedience does not always make sense. However, it's not an excuse for disobeying. All right. uh, Let's look. A couple more, and then we're going to go to, uh, to the question for the week. It's okay to disagree as long as you still obey. There's this parable in Matthew um chapter 21 verse 28 to 31 let me read it to you it says so what do you think there was a man who had two sons for some reason jesus likes telling stories about men with two sons but he went to the first and said son go and work today in the vineyard i will not he answered but later he changed his mind and went see he disagreed but then he went then the father went to the other son and said the same thing he answered i will sir but he did not go. 
Now here's a question Jesus asked. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first one, they answered. You see, that is exactly um, the point here. It's okay to disagree. Say, God, I don't really want to do that. Guess what that is? That's a disagreement. However, even if you disagree, but you still obey, you are still doing what God wants you to do. Okay, so sometimes don't always think that obedience is going to be easy and you're just going to naturally just fall in line and, and, and want to do the thing that God is asking you to do. It doesn't always work that way. However, it's okay to disagree as long as you still obey. Remember what Jesus said, which of the two did what the father wanted? It was the first son, even though he initially refused and initially disagreed. He eventually obeyed, so he did what the father wanted, okay? So it's okay to disagree as long as you obey. And then here's the last one before we jump into the question for the week. All of God's promises regarding obedience hinge on one thing, and I call this the big if. If you will choose to obey, you see? That's the big if of God's blessings. We talked about that last week. If you will obey. All right. So I just wanted to share some of those random thoughts with you, but it's really important, folks. God's blessing is tied to the big if, if you will obey. And I promise you, if you obey, God will do incredible things in your life. It all wraps around your obedience. Okay. Now that brings us to the question then for this week, how do you now cultivate this heart of obedience? We, we've talked about over the weeks the necessity. We've talked about the struggle. We've talked about the blessing. And by the way, if you missed any of those, they're all available on our YouTube channel or our Facebook page. So feel free to listen. Go back and listen. But now then, how do you cultivate this heart of obedience? And that's what I want to focus on for the rest of our session here this evening. And here's the first thing you have to do if you really, really, really want to cultivate a heart of obedience. Here's the first thing. You must get rid of the influences and the things that cause you to sin. Remember what we said, that disobedience is just a long word for sin. And so if you're going to cultivate a heart of obedience, then you have to remove the influences and the things that cause you to sin. Turn, if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 5, verse 29 and 30. Listen to what God's word says. This is Jesus talking, uh, teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. He says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, some translations say sin, gouge it out and throw it away. That's pretty strong language, right? If your right eye causes you to stumble or sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. He goes on to say in verse 30, and if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. 
it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Here's what he's saying. If there are influences in your life that are causing you to sin, cut those things out. All right? This is how you cultivate that obedient heart. There are things you have to get rid of in your life. Listen to Psalms 119 verse 101. I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. It says, I have refused to walk on any evil path so that I may remain obedient to your word. Think about that. Listen to the language. I have refused. This goes back to choices uh, to walk on any evil path so that I may remain obedient to your word. Okay, remember what we said before. Obedience is an act of the will. We said that very early on, okay? And so if you are going to cultivate this heart that is obedient, then what you have to do is you have to make some choices. That means you have to cut potentially some things out of your life or choose not to walk in places or spaces that are going to encourage you to disobedience or to what we dis or what is what 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 it really is is sin okay think about this if you remember in the old testament uh they had the kings of israel and the kings of judah and what would tend to happen is when there was a bad king the bad king would come and and he would set up all of these idols and and these uh and encourage worship to all of these idols idols of baal and so on and so forth and then if there was a good king that would come uh, after the bad king, then what that king would do is he would tear down all of the idols that the, good king, that the bad king had put up. Okay? So in other words, he was ripping down all of the things that were potential influences to the people of God that would lead them astray. And so what God is asking you to do, if you're going to cultivate this heart of obedience, you must do the exact same thing. So there are some right eyes and right hands that you need to cut out of your life. And by the way, this is not literal. Okay, so don't go get in a hacksaw and start cutting off your hand. Don't go get in a knife and gouging out your eye. Jesus is not being literal here, okay? I don't want to see you with the right eye patch on your eye, okay? And usually, folks, the things that you have to cut out will typically fall into three categories, all right? Here are the three categories. It's either you're going to have to cut out, uh, hold on, I wrote it here. Okay. You're going to have to cut out people, you're going to have to cut out places, or you're going to have to cut out pleasure. What in the world do you mean by that? Well, let's look at this, okay? First of all, people. Let's be honest, folks. There are some people that are just not good for you. All right. There's, there's no other way to put it. There are certain people you just cannot or should not be around. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. And there are people in your life that will influence you to sin. Let, let, let's, let's cut straight to the chase. All right. I know because there have been people in my life that were not good influences. 
And you know what I had to make a decision to do? Had to make a decision to, you know what? This person needs to be cut out of my life. They are causing me to stumble. These could be friends. These could be relationships. These could be family members. These could be people in your church. These could be people on your job. These could be people in your neighborhood. These could literally be people everywhere. And you may just have to cut some people off. Not because you don't love them. Not because you don't care about them. Simply because they are not a good influence on your life. And if you allow them to stay, what will happen is they will cause you, as it says here, to stumble. And so if there are people in your life that cause you to stumble, cut them out. You have God's permission. Jesus said this, not me. Jesus said this. Um, if, there's, if your right eye or right hand causes you to, uh, to stumble or sin, cut it off. Okay, so there are some people you may have to cut off. And, and chances are, without me ever having to say it, if there are people in your life that you have to cut off, you know right this moment who those people are. I, you know it. I don't even have to, to go deep into that, but you know it, okay? Because you know the imp influence that they have. You know the direction that they pull you in. You know the way they cause you to move or not move. Um, all of those things happen and so if there are people like that you need to cut them out but it's not just people it's also places you see there are certain things or, or areas or places that you cannot go because of the influence that those places will have on you okay and so you know where those places are again you can this this is not rocket science folks this doesn't even take great a revelation from God to understand this, you know when there are places that you're going to, God's spirit just checks you and you're like, you know what, I really shouldn't be going here. And yet, you go anyway. And when you get there, what happens? The influence to sin or stumble is great. And because our flesh is weak, what happens? You tend to fall over and stumble. All right. So there are places that you just can't go all right and i want you to get that in your heart and in your spirit and then the other area is pleasure now what do i mean by pleasure there are certain things pleasure by the definition is the things that you watch things you listen to or the things you feed into your soul or into your mind or into your spirit okay there are certain things that you need to cut off or cut out of your life Certain TV shows you watch, certain music you listen to, uh, certain books you read, uh, certain movies you watch, all these different things. Now, I'm not going to try to sit here and play the Holy Spirit in your life and tell you you shouldn't watch that or you shouldn't watch that. No, the Spirit of God can do that. He does his job very, very well, much better than I could anyway. What I'm telling you is if God points out his finger to this thing and say, you know what? You need to stop this. You need to not watch that. You need to uh, not listen to that. You need to not read that, whatever it may be. You need to pay attention because he wants to help you cultivate a heart of obedience. There was a show that's on TV and um, my wife and I, we used to watch it and we were 
engrossed in the show and we would talk about the show and talk to our friends about the show and i'm gonna leave the name of the show out just in case you watch it because i'm not trying to bring conviction to you however what we discovered and what we recognized for us was the show was not healthy for us this was a right eye or right hand so what did we do we cut the show off now we have friends that still watch the show that's fine god bless them and and i'm not judging them for doing that absolutely not because sometimes here's what happens folks convictions there are what we call gray matter or personal convictions where something may be a conviction for you or for me but it's not for the next person all right and so if god hasn't told you not to watch that anymore that's fine it's okay nothing wrong with that but if God puts his finger on it, then you need to let it go. Remember, if we're cultivating this heart of obedience, then, then we're going to have to let some things go. We may have to cut off a right eye or cut off a right hand in order to cultivate a heart that's tender, that's open, that's not drawn or influenced to sin. Remember, in the struggle of obedience, we have this dual nature living in us, right? We have this sinful nature. And the things that God is asking us to cut out are things typically that are going to appeal to weak areas of your sinful nature. And that's why he's wanting you to cut those out. Not because he doesn't want you to have fun, no. But he recognizes that this thing is going to lead you into sin because it appeals to a part of you that, that you're not so strong in. And so rather than you fall into the sin, he would much rather you just get rid of it out of your life altogether. Okay? So understand, folks, the Holy Spirit will remind you or put some things and tell you, hey, you need to cut that out of your life. All right. And whatever he asks you to cut out, then go ahead and do it. Remember, it's the if to the blessing of God. If you will cut those things out, then what you do is now you open the door for more of God's blessing to flow into your life. Okay. If you remember um, in the story of Samson and Delilah, and Samson was, 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 was a strong man, but the secret of his strength, as we know, uh, was in his hair. But what did Samson do? Samson had a weakness for women, okay? And he's not the first man to ever have a weakness for women, but he was a man who had a weakness for women. And so what did he do? He had Delilah just always around him, right? He didn't cut the right arm off or the right eye out. And she was very obvious about her intentions. She was like, Samson, what's the secret of your strength? Okay. But because he never cut her off, eventually he yielded and gave in to the temptation. And that's what God is saying. You, there are areas in your life that are weak and he wants to cut those things off so that you don't eventually yield to the temptation. So follow whatever God is telling you to cut off, cut it off. All right. Feel free to do that. All right. Okay. Number two in, in, uh, in cultivating a heart of obedience. Let me just wrap this part up. Um, and, and I will, the first part up again, let me go back for a second. Cultivating an obedient heart will require you to remove some things. So get rid of the influences that cause you to sin. And if you have a comment on that, put that in the, in the comments. I would love to see your thoughts on that. Um, because we all have them, by the way. I have them, every, you have them, everybody has them. Here's the second part of cultivating this heart, and is that you have to fall in love with Jesus. Uh, and, and that's the second part of this. Listen to some scriptures in various 
places in scripture, by the way, they connect your love of God and your obedience. They tie them together. Uh, the first one is John chapter 14, verse number 15. Quite simply, he says, if you love me, keep my commands. That, that's pretty simple, straightforward. What is he saying? He's saying the proof of your love is your obedience. Okay? If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, obey me. Don't say you obey me. I'm mean, sorry. Don't say you love me and you don't obey me because then you do not really love me. First uh, John chapter 5, verse number 3, it says, In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And here's a beautiful part. His commands are not burdensome. I think that's an awesome scripture, because if you really think about it, if you really think about disobedience for a moment, don't you realize the amount of effort and energy and strain and work it takes to, to disobey? You know, people think living in sin is easy. It's not. Living in sin is work. It's hard. It's not all glamorous. It takes effort, and, and especially as a Christian, because now you have to fight against the conviction of the Holy Spirit just to go and do this thing, and really, is it worth it? The answer is no, but the commands of God are not burdensome. That's what he says, right? So if this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome, all right? So if you love him, you obey him. That's how you fall in love with Jesus. Okay. Now, here's what happens. As you grow in your love for God, you will grow in your obedience. Okay? The two work to to work together. So here's how this works. As you love God more, I want you to think about this. You long to please him and not hurt him. Because think of a person right now that you love, right? Um, I could use my wife or my children or my family, right? I'll use my wife, for example. Because I love her, the one thing that I don't ever want to do is hurt her. Because if I'm hurting her, then how can I intentionally, willfully hurt her and then in the next breath turn around and say that I love her? The two don't equate. It's the same thing with God. How can you say you love him, but then you turn around and willfully... Uh, engage in a thing that you know hurts him. You see? And that's how this works. So if you love God and the more you love him, the more you long to please him because you don't want to hurt him because you know that the one thing that hurts God more than anything else is our disobedience and it's our sin. And the reason why it hurts him is not because he, he, he's, he wants to punish you. The reason it hurts him is because it brings a wall of separation in, our, in your fellowship with him. That's why it hurts him. And so I encourage you, as you grow in love with him, you will strive to avoid sin because you want to please him and not hurt him, okay? Now, the question becomes then this. How do you fall in love with Jesus. And I want to give you a couple of things, and then we'll start to wrap this up. Um, first things first, you cannot love Jesus if you don't know him, because <laughs> you can't love somebody you don't know. All right. It's not possible. So how do you get to know Jesus? Well, here's the first thing you have to do. You have to open God's word. See, that's why we're big fans of God's word, because you can't love the one you don't know. And the word of God takes care of helping you know who Jesus is. It helps you know the character of God and understand who he is. You also can't love someone that you don't commune with. So you have to commune with him uh, in order 
to get to know him and to love him more. And you can't commune with someone you don't know. And so how do we commune with God? Well, the word takes care of helping us know him. Prayer takes care of helping us commune with him. There's another piece of that, too, that's important, and that's worship. Because the truth of the matter is you can't really worship God unless you understand who he is. You can't really understand who he is unless you're in the word and in prayer. And as you do that, God reveals himself to you. And when he reveals himself to you, you are able to worship him. You see how all this, this, this plays together? It all ties together, all right? Because what happens is when God reveals himself, what does that do? That creates the awe and the wonder that leads you and drives you into worship. Because worship is simply acknowledging God for who he is, but you can't acknowledge who you don't know. See, I hope, you, I hope you're getting how this all works together. And then the other way you can fall in love with Jesus is by fellowshipping with other believers. Why is that important? You cannot love God and not love the ones that he loves. <laughs> see how that works? You see, so if you love the people he loves, right, then that will help you grow in your love of him. All right? So in other words, you can't tell me that you love me but you don't love my wife, or you don't love my daughter, or you don't love my son, or you don't love my parents. It don't work that way, okay? If you love me, you're going to love all of those that are connected to me, all right? So you're going to grow and fall in love with Jesus through spending time in the Word, and in prayer, and in worship, and in fellowship with other believers. And if you do those simple things, right? Number one is if you cut out right? The things that influence or cause you to sin. Number two, fall in love with Jesus. And three, you do that by opening your word and in prayer and in worship and in fellowship with other believers. If you do that, you will begin to cultivate this heart of obedience. You ever wonder why Satan uh, pushes back against studying in the word or, or prayer or fellowship, or worship, because he knows that the more you engage in those things, and the more you're understanding who God is and falling in love with him, the more your heart and desire is to obey him. That's one of the reasons why he fights against that, because he knows as you draw closer to God, your heart is going to be drawn to want to obey him more. Now, we're about to close this up, and as we bring this to a close, and as we bring this whole series uh, to a close, um, I want to ask you something, and I'm going to ask you a question that, by the way, I can't answer. You can, but I can't. And as you know, we said at the beginning that this was a spotlight series. We were turning the camera or the spotlight inward. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, right, and know my ways. See if there be any wicked ways in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's Psalms 139. So, here are the two questions, or really the one main question I want to ask, and maybe a follow-up with it. And here's the question. I want you to think about this. At the end of this series, where are you with your obedience? Where are you? Okay? Are you ready to obey God no matter what? Or are you still fighting with what God wants you to do? Here's my encouragement to you today. Whatever you must do, whatever you have to cut out, whatever you have to remove, whatever you have to get rid of, whatever it takes to get 
to that place of obedience, get there. Do it. Don't delay. Do it quickly. I promise you it will all be worth it in the end. Let's pray. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I pray for every person that has walked with us uh, through this series, Lord, and, and maybe they are finally understanding the necessity or recognizing the struggle or um, understanding the blessing or maybe, God, they're in that place where they want to cultivate now a heart of obedience. And I pray for every single person that will listen to this, that's listening right now, that you would help us all, myself included, to cultivate that heart of obedience, to spend time in your word and in prayer and in worship and in fellowship so that we can know you more and love you more. And by loving you more, we will obey you more. And so I ask that for every single person that's listening. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you might be here listening and you have never taken the very first and most important act, step of obedience. You've never asked Jesus to come into your heart. You see, the whole uh, life, your whole life hinges on that one thing. Will you receive him as your Lord and Savior? And if that's something that you've been uh, thinking about and, and tossing back and forth, I open that invitation to you today. And all you have to do is pray a simple prayer like this and just pray with me. Lord Jesus, I repent of all my sins. I ask you today to forgive me, to come into my heart, to cleanse me, to make me brand new and start a brand new relationship with you. In Jesus name. Amen. You see, if you just prayed that simple prayer, that little simple prayer, and you've prayed it with complete faith in all your heart, then you have begun today a brand new walk and relationship with Jesus Christ. And the first thing I want to say is welcome to the family. That is an awesome thing. And I want you to do one other thing. I want you to send an email, send it to hello at thebiblestudyclub.com, somewhere either in the title or in the body, just say, hey, I prayed the prayer. And if you've done that, let us know. We want to get reach out to you and just make sure we can help you get started on your journey in the right way. And so, uh, so please make sure uh, you reach out to us. Now, as we begin to wrap up, I want to remind you of a couple of things. As I said before at the beginning, next week, we are going to be answering questions uh, in our session. So we've got a lot of questions that came in over this obedience series. And so we want to answer some of those. So, but I want you to still send me more. Uh, we want to take the time and answer as many questions as we possibly can. So send those questions also to hello at thebiblestudyclub.com. Send them in. The more, the merrier. If we can't get to them all uh, in our session next week, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll figure out a way to make sure we get answers to all of those questions. So don't hesitate. Send them in. Also, if you have not done so, please make sure you are following us on all of our uh, social media platforms, whether it's Facebook or YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our Facebook page or our YouTube channel. This way you can keep getting all of these uh, studies and have access and stay up to date. But we're also on Instagram and Twitter and all the other social media uh, outlets there. We also have our podcast available, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify. Um, just make sure you check your favorite podcast provider and just search for the Bible Study Club and, and you'll be able to find us there. Also, if you have prayer requests, again, all of these things 
go to hello at thebiblestudyclub.com. And if you want more information about our ministry or, or um, read articles and, and devotionals that I have, feel free to go to our website, my website, uh, clarencehaines.com. And I always like to remind you that I'm a writer for BibleStudyTools.com and Crosswalk.com. So you can find articles there that I've written uh, that I pray would be an encouragement to you in your walk with God as you seek to love him more and by loving him more, obeying him more. So folks, we are wrapping up this obedience series. I want to thank you for, for joining us for the whole journey. Uh, you've been faithful and that's uh, give yourselves a hand. Uh, for doing that. But don't forget, be with us next week as we're going to be answering questions in our session, uh, all tied to obedience and what we've talked about over the last few weeks. Thank you again for being with us. My name is Clarence Haynes, and we'll see you next time. God willing, God bless you.